Hey cousins, you were listening to Revolutionary Hood Rat with Kim Young, a dope black social worker, and welcome back. We have an episode, but it's not a typical episode because I have no revolutionary news, I have no earth is ghetto, I have no tales from the trap, I believe I have me a good black word, and I also don't have a guest. What I do have is the story of how I was in the presence of Issa motherfucking Ray. I just got unhigh. I have been high since last Friday off the pure bliss and joy of just manifestation and the culmination of just like putting so much good in the world where it comes back in ways that I don't even anticipate. And so let me just level set the story right here. If you have been a part of my journey online for hell years now, it should come as no shock or surprise how much I adore and ride for Issa Rae, and not just like a door and ride for Issa Rae, see myself in her and um, the reflections in which like she shows up in this world, takes up space, being black, brilliant, and awkward, and a Capricorn. That never, you know, that just makes things that much better. Um, and so to have the opportunity to hear her speak and not just hear her speak, but like have a moment with Issa Rae, like, oh my God. So let's let's start from the beginning of how how last Friday came to be. So I get a text message from one of my friends who's just like, hey, Issa Rae is coming to, for this event at the University of Richmond. And they say I can bring a guest. And so I'm I called the lady right away because like you need to be in this room. And I'm just like, oh my God. Like I get the text message. I'm like, you got like, you're shitting me. Like, what is happening? Because like this event wasn't even advertised to the public. It was advertised to the university community at University of Richmond. So like faculty, students, staff, and alumni. And so if you weren't connected in those ways, you wouldn't have heard about the event. And so for my friend to think about me, like immediately get the email, think about me, do work before you even reach out to me to try to figure out how to make sure I'm able to come to the event. My heart swells, like my heart swells. Um, and so I end up hearing back from them. I'm like, "Hey, I got the ticket. <laughs> you're gonna, you're gonna be in the room." I'm like, "Okay, all right." So this is like two weeks before the actual date. So you know, I go into like Capricorn plan mode. I said, "All right, wait, wait a minute. Like, okay, if I'm gonna be there, what in the hell am I gonna wear?" Because how you show up in a space matters significantly, especially when you think about creating an outfit to make sure that you are seen and remembered. Because like I'm very deliberate in how I put together clothes, especially depending on where I'm going and who I'm going to be around. There are times I put together an outfit where I want to be seen and remembered. And there are times when I put together an outfit where maybe I don't want to be seen and remembered. So like, let me fade into the background as much as possible. This was an event where I was like, oh, hell no. I got to figure out how to be seen and remembered. So I immediately be like, I got to give me a sweatshirt made. And so I hit at my friend, who's a lot of things in my life, and I'm incredibly grateful for him. I hit him up and I'm just like, hey, is it too much if I get a sweatshirt made that says the Issa Rae of social work? And can you design it for me? Like, <laughs> they respond back like, nope. It's not too much to get that sweatshirt made. And when do you need it by? And I'm just like, oh my God, my heart, again, swelling. Like people just kind of circling around and just helping me, helping me sort through all of this. And so I get a sweatshirt designed and sent to the printer. 
I think the same day that my friend told me the ticket was confirmed. And so I got my sweatshirt. It's on the way. Um, like a ball of anxiety for like a solid two weeks because my mind goes into like disaster. Like, what if, what if she doesn't come? What if like this happens and then that happens? And then, oh my God, maybe I won't get a chance to be in the same room with Issa Rae or hear her speak or, oh my God, like, I don't know. Blah, blah, blah. But then I like push all that shit out of my mind because <laughs> it's incredibly irrational. It's incredibly irrational. So the day of the event arrives and um, I am like, I'm floating. I'm floating, like feeling things I haven't felt before. Um, having thoughts of just like, okay, this is, this is really about to happen. Yet also feeling a sense of calmness um, as the event approaches, approaches. And so we get there and um, they had like this little happy hour for the black alumni for the University of Richmond. And so go to the little happy hour thing, then head over to the theater where the event is going to be. And so we get to the theater and, you know, they have like the first four rows in the front of the theater blocked off. I'm just thinking, well, actually, I didn't even know they were blocked off. They were just empty. And I just see like people up at the front, I guess, managing how folks move around the space and directing them where to sit and where not to sit. So I just walked straight to the front and the the person was like, oh, this is the VIP section. And so, you know, I could sell a raincoat to a shark. Um, and so I began to just be like, oh, well, I, you know, I think we might be on the VIP because keep in mind, me and my two friends, we are dressed like VIP. Like we, you know, we dress like we supposed to be in the front. Um, but this baby was adamant about following some goddamn rules. He was like, you name that on the clipboard. This is reserved for students and faculties and staff that help put the event together. And I'm just like, mm -hmm. okay. Uh, so walk back out. And then I'm like, well, let's just sit right here for now. We end up sitting like in the very last row on the floor. They had opened up the balcony because they had to fill up the balcony because there were so many people there. So we end up sitting on the very last row on the floor. And then something says to me, let me go ask this lady over here. And so I go to the other side of the auditorium. And I'm just like, hey, my name is Kim. Pleasure to meet you. They, you know, I see their name tag. I start referring to them by their name tag because once again, I can sell a raincoat to a shark. And so having a conversation, I'm just like, hey, like I'm noticing there are just some seats in front and I'm just curious to see, you know, as we get closer to the event start time, if I would be able to move up there. And this kind lady is like, well, let me go find out. Let me go ask. And so they go ask whoever is in charge. It takes them a little bit of time because they are working hard. Like people are coming in, asking them other questions and they're trying to get answers for those people. I'm also trying to get an answer for me. And so I just have a lot of grace and understanding as somebody who has coordinated events, worked events, like that shit is not easy, especially when you don't have like a, a pre-event planning meeting in terms of like making sure everybody who is on the floor and interacting with attendees has the same good information instead of like having to run back around, back and forth to get details for folks. So I had a lot of grace and empathy for her. She comes back to me and she was like, well, yeah, right at 730. Um, if those, you know, if their seats up front are available, then, you know, you and your friends can move down. I said, beautiful. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. 
And I get ready to go back to the row where my friends are to sit down with them to relay the information. And then there was this white man who was sitting on the end of the row. And I was like, oh, excuse me, I'm, you know, I'm going to get to my seat. And I know he was doing it jokingly, but I, I ain't got time for this shit. He was like, oh, OK, well, I can't move. I said, look now, we was having a good Black History Month and I don't want you to mess this up for you. <laughs> and then like, he got up. Him and his wife got up and moved out of my way so I can go sit down because stop, I'm not playing with you right now. So I sit back down and I tell my friends like, hey, here's the plan, be on the lookout. And as the minutes are passing, it's almost 7.30, I'm noticing more people are coming into the auditorium and because like the front is still available, uh, people are just kind of walking on there to sit. And I'm like, hey, new friend. Hey honey, like is, is now a good time to move? And she was like, oh yeah, you go ahead, go down. I was like, come on y'all. So we go down to the front on the left side of the auditorium and we sit like in the third row from the front row. My new friend comes down there and says, hey, do you mind moving to the very front row? Because there are some students that are coming. They need to sit right here. <laughs> I said, say less. So move to the very front row on the left side of the auditorium. And now the event is getting ready to start. The moderator walks out does what she does for crowd engagement, introduces Issa Rae. Issa Rae ascends onto the stage and just so happens to be sitting in the chair that is in like the direct line of sight of me and my friends sitting on the left side in the front row, front row of the auditorium. Um, and she sits down and you could tell like she's taking in like the moment and looking around at all the people in the space and getting acclimate, acclimated to the space. And she notices me on my sweatshirt. She's like, oh, oh my God, thank you for the sweatshirt. And I was like, yeah, girl. <laughs> yeah. And so the conversation continues. It's a it's a really, it's a really good conversation. You can tell that um Issa Rae takes a lot of time to think before responding, but not even just like that thinking before responding, like just saying the most honest or truthful thing that you're thinking about in that moment, like not even trying to sugarcoat shit, like the the one-offs, um, the deep reflective responses, but also the truth that people think is funny, but you're honestly just telling the truth, which is some top-notch Capricorn shit. Because I'll be saying things all the time. I know some other folks who, you know, we're also Capricorns. We be saying shit all the time and people, they be laughing, but that shit be the truth. Like, <laughs> like, don't even be trying to be funny. It's just, it is what it is. And so like, she's having a lot of moments like that. The moderator is doing the best that she can to facilitate the conversation. Uh, but there were some times when I was just like, that was not a good question for Issa. Like as somebody who has walked alongside the journey and been a witness to her brilliance for over a decade, I was like, she's not going to answer that question the way you think you want her to answer that question. The first question the moderator asked her was something along the lines of share information with us, you know, that people may not be able to find online. Like, what is just something you want people to know about you? And I looked over to my friend. I said, she's not going to answer that shit. This woman got married and didn't tell people that she got married. She said she had a party in Italy with all of her friends and a white dress. What makes you think she going to give detailed information about her life? Like she is notoriously private with good reason. And Issa fluttered around the question and essentially said like, well, I guess I didn't give you nothing that you can't Google. I yelled out and won't because, huh? We don't do that. 
<laughs> we do not do that. And so, you know, the moderator continued with the conversation. Issa drops a lot of beautiful gems around the importance of building with and alongside, particularly like Black women, and just how supportive of an environment that could truly be in trying to express our full creativity, be in control of our narratives, creating opportunities for one another, and then ultimately for like the community and other people. Um, and so we get to the portion of the event where there's like a Q&A. And so there are two microphones that are in the aisles on both sides of the auditorium. And, you know, I'm sitting front row on the aisle seat. So the microphone right there. So maybe I jump up and um, get in line first. But then, you know, I noticed there's a lot of students that are lined up. So me being me, I'm like, hey, sweetie, like, do you want to go ahead and get in front of me? The baby said no. I said, okay. So the other lady, the young lady on the other side, she asked her question. And it was a really cute and good question about like, how do we get Issa to come back to Richmond, Virginia? And she was just straight up like, I got to see what y'all fool talking about. And I, me and my friends had already had that conversation. I was like, I really hope, I really hope Richmond don't embarrass us because we have some phenomenal food and restaurants out here, but you could also end up in a place and just be like, oh no. And so- <laughs> I really hope wherever she went after that event, like we did not embarrass ourselves because the food is good as shit in Richmond if you kind of know where to go. So it's my turn to ask a question. And I'm proud of myself because I didn't even ruminate about the question. But like before I even share what the question was and what the moment was, I'm going to tell y'all, I felt so incredibly calm when I was got up in front of the, the microphone to be able to speak. I didn't feel nervous. I didn't feel like I didn't belong. I didn't feel like I didn't know what to say. Um, I really felt like, oh, this is where, this is where I'm supposed to be. Like this is supposed to be the moment. And let me just go ahead and be me and ask a question that I'm hopeful that people will be able to glean something from. So now it's my moment. Issa's looking at me. I'm looking at Issa. And I, you know, I got this beautiful church hat on and I wore that church hat intentionally because that is not a hat that you forget. Okay. So Issa's looking at me. I'm looking at Issa. And I say, Issa, 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 Issa. <laughs> My good Capricorn sis and fellow Californian. And she goes, well, you know, she said, oh, happy belated birthday. Oh. And I was like, yeah, you know, 365. 24-7 this year, 366. Like we do Capricorn season all year long. And um, we had a little, she laughed. She laughed at my joke, even though it wasn't a joke. It was just the truth. And I think that's why she laughed because she knew it was the truth. And it was funny. The whole auditorium laughed, truth be told. Um, and so I asked the question. And the reason that I asked it is, is because Issa Rae, like if you have been following what is what she's doing and what she is creating, she really does seem like she's trying to get out the way, but she's trying to use her position and power and resources and privilege to create an infrastructure and create systems that will support future generations and current generations while also trying to move out of the way. If it's from the production company to the um, music company to her now making that announcement of find, like, buying 
property in Inglewood to build a production studio. Like literally, even before, yeah, even before like Insecure and everything, she really has been putting in these systems to support other people's growth. Like even putting like her siblings on. I remember her brother for a minute had like a web series under her production umbrella. And then all the folks that she's been able to bring along with her with the different brands and the projects, I was like, oh no, like she moving smart, moving in the way that I believe I am moving in my field and in my industry, industry, you know, using my position, my power, my privilege to think of other ways to bring as many folks along as possible, right? Building the systems, building the structures, building the infrastructure, but also being very mindful that this shit is not for not for me to occupy forever. Like I have no intent of staying in staying too long or getting in the way when it's time for other folks to like step in and do the things. And so you can really tell she's moving like that. And so when I asked the question to her to like give advice or speak to people who are having a really hard time of letting go of power and privilege and their positions and not creating these pathways for folks and then stepping out of the way. Like people have a really hard time of stepping the hell out of the way. And so when I asked the question, there was this calm in the whole auditorium and I could really feel like people were listening and paying attention. And so I asked the question, of course, in Issa Rae fashion, she quoted Ludacris. She said, move, bitch, get out the way, right? Uh, that's what we should probably tell people more often. I said 100%, like people need to move and get out the way. But then, of course, she provided a really beautiful response to that um, question. And let me see if I can insert it here. Let me see if I can play it. Hold on. All right. This was her response or a part of her response to the question after she said, move, bitch, get out the way. Well, I power and respect letting go. And power and Like that, that could be your legacy. Like the, the fact that you were able to gracefully lead and also gracefully step aside. There's there's so much, I have so much respect for that. I think it's it's evident because even society, even the a lot of the DEI pushback that we're getting is that people are so afraid that they won't have positions, that they, they won't be seen if they're gonna lose their spots, um, that they it's so fear-based and um, there's a, a lack of trust uh, that that almost is just poisoning all of us. And so everyone has this this feeling that, that they know best and they can do it best, and they're they're empowered to do so by by enablers. Um, yeah, she looked me in the eyes as she was talking. She looked me in the eyes as she was talking. She had her bottom gold fronts on. I had my my little top gold fronts on. I was like, oh, this is happening. <laughs> this is really happening. Oh my God. Oh my God. And so after I asked the question, there was only time for one other question. And y'all, the lines were like the aisle was filled with people who were waiting to ask a question, but wasn't able to get to them. Um, but I had my moment. I had my moment and I knew that I knew that it was going to happen. Like I wasn't even concerned or worried, even when we got there and they was talking about some, oh no, 
you won't be able to go to the front. I was like, oh, I said to myself, oh, I'm, I'm, we're going to get in the front. Like, I'm not even tripping. I don't need to talk to no manager. I ain't trying to put on no scene. I'm just, I, I already knew. I was like, oh, I'm going to end up in the front row. Right. We're going to end up, we're going to end up in the front. And so it happened. It happened. Um, and I don't idolize humans because humans are flawed. And that would be irresponsible and very short-sighted of me to idolize humans. Um, what I do truly respect and admire about folks like Issa Rae is that she honestly increased the visibility of Black girls like me, right? Like Black and brilliant and awkward to increase our visibility so people can see us in a different way. Um, and honestly, make it easier to be this. Like Issa Rae has made it easier for me to be this. And I am forever grateful for that. And truly, I feel it is my responsibility to be able to do that for other Black people. And, you know, I specialize just operating in this space of social work. It's to increase the visibility of Black social workers to be able to be this and not feel like we have to fit into a mold or be anything else, anything other than ourselves. And so Issa honestly did that for me from the beginning, like from the beginning of Aqua Black Group, did that shit for me and countless other Black women and girls. And so that is a testament to a human that... I believe has really used their gifts, skills, and ability to transcend, like transcend beyond themselves, like not, not doing all of this for them, but doing this for the we and for the us. And I believe I embody that too. And what I really respect about myself is other people could see that in me, the ones who choose to see it. There are folks who are going to choose to see whatever the hell they want to see in me. But a lot of people really understand that I don't operate from a me place, from an I place, but a us place and a we place. And the things that I do is for us. And so when I posted the video online of the interaction in that moment with Issa Rae, to see people's excitement for me, not just for me, but like for us, like I had people was like, oh, oh, we made it. Like, I'm so happy for us. Like, I was like, yes, it's the us thing around here. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's us, it's a we, it's communal. And so I, and then, and then people just being joyful for me in that moment. And I'm grateful for it. Truly, truly grateful for it. Truly, truly grateful for it. And all the people who made that possible for, for, you know, me to experience, but also shout out to me. Shout out to me. Like I've been dreaming more manifesting more, but also like doing the work. So even though that was a small interaction or exchange with somebody that I admire, it kind of, it just felt like, oh, like, well, what's next? Like, what's next? Because I know something is going to happen. I just don't know what that something is. And y'all know, y'all heard me say this before, like, I'm cool with not knowing what that something is, but I just know something is going to happen. And my word, I got to exchange a moment energy 
eye contact and black awkward brilliance with Issa motherfucking Ray. So what is next for me? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but that does kind of lead me into the good black word for the week is around. I've never felt so unsure yet sure in my life. Like things are really weird for me right now, y'all. Like really weird for me right now. Um, to the point where they're weird, yet they are calm. And I've never been more clear about where I'm supposed to be, even though I don't know where I'm headed. I truly feel divinely aligned in my purpose, my passion, and truly believe I am currently in the correct position to further not just my work, but my mission and my responsibility with the time that I have here. Um, and I'm incredibly clear about who I am. I understand what my purpose is. I'm not confused about that. Um, and then last year, I made this conscious decision to no longer run from my purpose because I tried. Lord knows I did. I tried to run from it, tried to hide, tried to make myself invisible and small. I tried, but it shit didn't work out. I'm supposed to be seen. It is what it is. I, you know, I tried. It didn't work out. I, I am supposed to be seen. <laughs> I am supposed to be heard. So here we are. Uh, and so once I decided to stop running from my purpose, that's really when I got calm and I got clear, even though I am sure I can recognize how unsure I am about where I am going to end up. Um, and so when I decided to firmly stand in my purpose and be present and allow my light to shine bright as hell, things began to change for me. And so the irony of all of this is things strangely just don't make sense right now, yet they make perfect sense. You know what I mean? Like, I don't feel wedded to an outcome. I don't have a desire for like things to happen um, or not happen. I'm just, I'm just out here for the ride, like doing my part, putting in the work, doing the hood rat shit, resting along the way, practicing good and doing good towards other people, but not trying to orchestrate an outcome. I know that like, you know, I, strategy and tactic, baby, that's what I do with strategy and tactic, but I can put all these pieces together and still not know what I'm building. I'm building something great though. <laughs> I'm headed somewhere. It's just not always clear where that is, you know? Um, and so with me not knowing how things are going to end up for me, I still feel peaceful about that, which is really cool. And I will say, I know they're going to be so, so good, whatever it is. And I honestly cannot wait to see where all of this is going to take, not just me, but like us. Because you, I go nowhere alone. I do nothing alone. Like I'm in community always. I just a part of a community, but like in community always. And so the things that I do is centered around community and people and not centered around myself. And I know that it's felt. And I know that's understood by people who get it. And to feel the support and the love and the protection 
of community, I, I believe is what gives me the confidence to just do things without having the desire for them to land me somewhere. If that makes sense. Because I know that I am protected and cared for and lifted up. And even when I fail, if I fail, I'm not going to crash and burn. And I don't take any of that for granted. Any of that for granted. And what I believe I am attempting to share is you don't have to have all the answers. You cannot have all the answers. And truth be told, all the answers don't belong to you. They don't belong to me. And I've been so cool with giving up the idea that I'm supposed to have answers, that answers are mine when they're not. It's okay to not know. Sometimes not knowing where I'm going to end up or how things will land is what gives me the peace of doing shit anyways. And for me, like that helps to reduce anxiety is not trying to hold on to an outcome, but just be present in these moments, do the work, not just go with the flow, but like you can, you can flow with strategy and logic because damn it, I'm just not flowing, just to be flowing. I tell you that shit right now. I don't do that, but I could flow with some strategy and some logic and still with feelings, of course. Um, and so it's cool to be unsure. But yet sure of yourself and your purpose and what you are here to do. Once you get that shit answered, life becomes really fun. Truly and enjoyable. And so that's the good black word for the week. That's all I got. I was in the presence of Issa motherfucking Ray. And you won't be able to convince me that I was not memorable. My question was good. My outfit was cute, my hat was fly, and I made her laugh. So when we see each other again, she gonna know who I am, because a Capricorn don't forget. Well, we forget what we want to forget, so hopefully she don't want to forget about me. All right, that's all I got, y'all. Uh, please take care of y'all hearts so that we can take care of each other, because we are all we got, and happy social work month. Let's go. It's time to turn up. I'll chat with y'all later.